But today, super excited to welcome uh, to our talk um, DJ Sanders, who is right now a grad assistant over at Mizzou softball. Um, had a couple of great wins this week, and then, you know, not so great wins this week, as we just talked about. But, um, you know, adjusting from coaching to being a player, it's a, it's a transition. So, um, you know, I think DJ is starting to feel a little bit more. So excited anyway to have her come on and talk a little bit about um, some things that we like to talk about, leadership, success, confidence, all of those types of things. Um, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I always start with this basic question because it is a simple yet powerful question that uh, kind of freaks some people out, scares some people to, to, to answer. But um, what we're trying to teach our female athletes is to be confident, be confident women and leaders in the world, to own their power in the world. And so in order for us to do that, we have to kind of give ourselves some credit for the things that we've done and accomplished in our lives. And so um, I always like to start off by asking, you know, what are some of the things that you've accomplished um, in your lifetime? Where maybe have you played at and what have you done? And like, what, are some, what are some things that you're really proud about? Okay, well, yeah, I am going to keep it short because I don't like talking about myself that much. But again, just like being on this topic, um, I was fortunate enough to play at the University of Louisiana Lafayette for three years. Um, during those years, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of what I know. I do know my junior year um, was player of the year for Sunbelt Conference, um, led the country in like six offensive statistical categories, um, led the country in home runs, or actually led all of Division One softball in home runs, so maybe technical. <laughs> wow, okay. Yes, and then my senior year transferred to the University of Oregon. Um, got drafted yeah. um, 21st overall, and um, has been playing professionally for, this is my third year now um, in professional softball. So, love it. yes. I love it, that's awesome. That's a, that was short, but that was uh, impactful for sure. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I played in college. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I eat you well. <laughs> I mean, I got there. I wouldn't say I did well. I got there. Um, <laughs> in fact, when you're a business person, you start to um, try to figure out ways that you can connect to players. And so, you know, part of that is like creating these stories, uh, like, mm -hmm. you know, based on your life. And so my story actually talks about how, you know, I didn't do so well my first two years. We got a new coach and I'm as excited because he was, I felt like he was going to be able to uh, revamp the program and maybe revamp me and my love for the game. And in reality, it turned into me getting replaced. <laughs> gotcha. You know, they bring in their new players and, and you get replaced. And so, you know, for athletes, when the dream is over, right, what are we, what are we chasing next? You know, and so um, we want to kind of get that question out and that uh, gut check early so they can start thinking about the other things that they can be looking forward to in mm -hmm. life. So, um, so basically, you know, being a athlete, uh, being at different programs, different levels, um, you know, different parts of the world, um, what are maybe some things that keep you um, so vocal about being a woman, um, about race, about sports and athletics as being a woman? Uh, what, what kind of things are you vocal about there? Um, actually, living in different places and being around different people, different environments. If there's one thing that I have learned, because right, I'm, I'm in one side of the country, I pack up and move to a completely different side of the country where people don't even realize that people exist on the other side over there. And like, it's 
almost like a completely different world. Um, so I've learned just, you know, moving around that if something doesn't impact or um, affect people directly, then they don't think about it. Mm. So I, when it comes to women in sports and even women of color, you have to be vocal because if if people aren't affected, they don't know what's going on. So again, if we're trying to like promote change or, you know, equity and stuff like that, if people don't even know that there's an issue going on or where we feel like there's an issue or things could be better, then of course they're not going to change it. There's nothing for them to think about. So I just think, again, just getting the idea out there, having conversations, even if nothing comes about it, you know, immediately, just getting the thought on people's minds, like, hey, there's an area that needs to be improved and maybe I can find one or two ways to improve it. But again, it starts with having the conversations, being vocal about what you believe in so you can spark change. Absolutely. No, for sure. I love that. I love that. And along the same lines of that is, you know, <clears throat> when you go to different places and again, present yourself in different uh, areas or demographics of the world and different types of people, um, what are maybe some of the like barriers that you've had to overcome, like in being a female athlete that, that you would like to share and maybe like how you overcame them? Um. Okay. So let me just, we're going to be real. Um, my 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 biggest struggle, right, was coming was transferring um, the fall of my senior year. So it wasn't like I even um, transferred like at the normal time. I had like the whole fall with this team before season started. No, I transferred like after I had finished a fall season somewhere else, and I had two or three weeks with a new set of players, new team, new coaches, different part of the country, nobody that I knew right before I had to be like game ready and like locked in a play. And this is also Pac-12 where like everything that you're doing is on TV. Everybody sees it all the time. So you don't have room to fail basically. I mean, you do, but it's different. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest struggles for me was um, – building the respect uh, for my teammates and my coaches at one place and then going to another place my senior year and being treated almost like a freshman again. Mm. And I feel like because, you know, I was from a mid-major, also being a woman in sports, like it wasn't like what I accomplished before and like my rep wasn't enough whenever I started this new place. It was almost like a you have to go out and make a name for yourself here. And, and the only reason why it was um, – there was a lot of reasons why it was a struggle, but one of the biggest ones was that I knew if I had struggled um, on the field, my previous coach knew me enough to like, okay, let her struggle, let her figure it out herself, like still have faith in like what I can do. Whereas at this new place, it was like, okay, she's struggling, probably should take her out because I don't, mm. you know, I don't know. So mm. I think if I had been a guy, it would have been different. First of all, my accolades and stuff would have been enough. Like, okay, whatever she's got going on, like, let me not touch it. Like, whatever. Like, let's her let's let her work it out. Especially being a senior. Um, but I think because it's you know women's sports, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, if you don't ask about you know anything that I accomplished, you don't know. So I think just that was. Um, one thing that made my experience a little bit different or how I wish it would have been different. So Absolutely. Oh my God. You said uh, so many great things in there. I mean, from, like you said, just the fact that like <clears throat> when you leave some places, you kind of have to like start from scratch in a lot of ways. And for some people, right. Mm -hmm. that their accolades don't necessarily 
uh, transfer from place to place. And that's, I feel like a lot of the life of a woman in general is that like, you know, they can do amazing, great things right. at one place. But again, like you said, have to kind of show themselves uh, again or prove themselves again to, to the next group of people. Um, mm -hmm. And then I thought something that also that was important was the fact that you mentioned, you know, with your other coaches, you were able to kind of build that relationship with them, like your, mm -hmm. your ULL coaches to the point where they knew like, okay, if she goes through or she struggles at this one ex instance, um, we can kind of trust that like she's going to get out of it. Whereas when you got to the new place, you know, you weren't 100% sure that they didn't understand that that's something that you were able to do and accomplish. And, right. and so that's, that's important. And I think that goes to like a good question that I have around, you know, what actually made you decide that ULL was a good fit for you? Mm. Um, okay, so again, being honest, um, growing up, I didn't like to watch softball. Like I, I wasn't um, like a lot of my, you know, former teammates are like, if they see somebody who's played years before, they know everything about her, like all the statistics. So she played in the World Series this year. This was her teammate, like all this. I was walking around oblivious. Like I played on the, oh, I guess I should have mentioned this in my thing, but I played, I played on the junior national team um, after my freshman year in college. And we had a bunch of guest coaches who were all former Olympians and I had no idea who they were. So I didn't like grow up watching um, softball and like, you know, knowing the best schools, stuff like that. Um, but I knew the level of competition was definitely going to be different than what I experienced in Mississippi playing softball. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's, you know, a lot of different talents and stuff, but even still Mississippi is kind of behind when it comes to fast pitch um, softball, just because we, you know, I don't know, whatever reason, <laughs> Mississippi is kind of behind when it comes to that. Um, so I knew I was going to need development in order to be able to compete at that level. Like, um, talent-wise, I knew I had what it took, like, dedication, commitment, all that. Like, I don't mind working hard, but I knew that I needed something more than what I already had um, in order to play. So um, the head coach that was there whenever I was being recruited and during my three years was Mike Lotif, and he's really big on – uh, changing swings and developing and developing athletes that way. And a lot of people, when they go to college, they're like, no, this is what works for me. Like, I want to stick to this. I don't want to change my swing. I don't want to change my style of doing stuff. But I'm like, no, I need that. So with him being so big on, you know, change and development, I was like, okay, I feel like this is the place for me for sure. Um, so that was basically, yeah, I love the culture of softball down there. It's um, probably one of the schools that, you know, softball isn't, it's growing, right? But whenever it comes to, you know, big schools, it's all about football, you know, whatever, big sports. But I felt like there was a great community of fans for softball there too. So um, not only did I trust that I was going to be developed into a better athlete, I also love the community and the fan supports they had for the softball program there too. That's awesome. Um, and so, yes, uh, I was actually telling uh, uh, Narissa the other day that <laughs> basically I went to Gramlin and um, we came down to play ULL and that was like the worst experience <laughs> of my life, yes. but the best experience of my life. Like I imagined like what it would feel like to be a player there, like how awesome that atmosphere yes. is. But if you're not a player there, that atmosphere is yeah. something. As I have never been whenever I wasn't playing there, but I'm like, good luck to the people. <laughs> Nothing builds character like being visitors at UL softball games. <laughs> 
Absolutely. It was like, oh, the worst. It, and it was just like, oh my God, it was fun, but it was like, you know, like you're here and they're just constant in the back behind you on the sides yeah. of you. The play, then you guys are good. So like you're getting whooped on the field. You're getting whooped <laughs> by people out of the stands. It's just a lot. It's definitely um, an experience. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you mentioned something which I like that you're being honest because if I have to be honest too, I probably was in the same boat with you where I didn't really recognize or I didn't have a previous experience with softball until I got to high school. And even when I got to high school, I never ever played um, travel softball. So like I wasn't really familiar with, like you said, the Olympians and things like that. And I'm just curious, um, wh why do you think uh, that was that you didn't like watch softball when you're younger? Um, I just know just me as a person, I was just too active. Okay. Like I, I didn't watch TV at all. I was always outside doing something. I played sports nonstop. So yeah. I, I've never, ever, ever had a summer away from softball ever since I was seven and started playing travel ball. So I did play travel ball. Okay. I did travel ball during the summer. In Mississippi, we still have slow pitch softball. So I did slow pitch right when school started up until like October, basketball started, yeah. played that until like through February, March, and yeah. then um, fast pitch started through the summer where I tra played travel ball again. So okay. I was like the entire year I was training, doing something, and I was just a busy body, hated sitting down and watching. If my dad was like, come watch, you know, <laughs> learn this, I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't just because I was trying not to pay attention okay. because I was always doing something. Okay. Uh, something else yeah. that's good because to me like i'm a part of this group on facebook you know black mm -hmm. girls play softball and um and one thing that we kind of talk about is like why are there not so many athletes that look like us uh playing at the mm -hmm. collegiate level or the pro level and it's definitely getting better as time is going on but um i was just wondering if there was a connection between like maybe we're talking about representation being part of the problem or part of the reason that maybe there's not as much um there's not as much exposure for our athletes to see like, you know, that someone that looks like them at that level. And so I was just curious if that had anything to do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. that's kind of ironic. Sorry, now that you mentioned that, it's kind of ironic that it happened that way because I feel like, honestly, if I had watched softball more and seen the lack of representation, I might not have felt the same way about, you know, whether I can play and make it there. But it was kind of like ironic that it happened. I'm like, because I didn't watch it all. I didn't know that, you know, there weren't many people that looked like me doing it. So I just thought, okay, everybody else has the same opportunity. Like, let's go and do this. So I think it kind of worked out perfectly. Um, not watching and seeing the lack of representation that I felt like I could do, you know, whatever I wanted in the sport. So for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't think about that like that. But exactly. Okay, awesome. And then since we talk to athletes a lot about um, <clears throat> like what they need to prepare for and going to college and, and playing at like the, that elite level, um, uh, what maybe are some of the things that you had to kind of like work through from like high school or travel ball to college and then maybe from college to professional that uh, you would like to give advice on? Right. I think um, the biggest thing for me is definitely learning from failure. Um, in high school, I did not fail that much at all. And that was because like I, you know, put in the time and I was outworking everybody. Um, college, there's there's not much outworking people. Like the people that are playing there at top levels are there because they 
outworked everybody else. Um, so right now the outworking is the norm, like that's the standard. And then you have to have something else that sets you apart. And mine was, you know, it took me a while. I say like freshman is sophomore year to like um, actually start accepting this concept, but um, like a growth mindset coach, mm-hmm. Mike Latif is big on Carol Dweck and mm-hmm. mindset and reading that book and just like, especially, you know, playing softball, being on a big stage where every single thing that you do wrong is like, you know, Mm. amplified by a thousand. You feel like your life's going to end because you didn't get something done one moment in a game and then have to wake up and pass, you know, whatever kind of exam to keep your degree. Like, it's just a lot for people to juggle, you know, when it comes to being a student athlete. And I think just being open with the fact that people fail Mm. and that, it's going to happen and that it doesn't define you was something that really um, from playing collegiately to playing professionally, that really is the only thing that keeps me going and keeps me believing that I still have what it takes. Like, yes, you fail, but it's about how you bounce back from that. Um, again, knowing that what whatever happens on the field, good or bad, doesn't define who you are as a human being. Um, so definitely, um, you know, developing was the big thing between high school and college and just having like the right mindset you know knowing it doesn't matter if I fail or not and then between college and professionally learning how to use that in a way that makes me better I love it I love it and so just curious if you if you could you walk us through like how you work through it now like the okay you make a mistake or you make an error in the game what do you kind of do like what do you tell yourself do you what do you do um, to kind of get over get through it right well Again, if I'm being honest, this is how it started, because even though I knew the idea of, you know, growth mindset, again, it's very difficult when you're in the heat of the moment to be like, oh, this is just, you know, a lesson. <laughs> like, like, no, I was um, this is my sophomore year. We played at Florida. Florida Gators, like, you know, if there is anything that you do know, it's like Florida's great at softball. Like, they're always in the World Series. Like, this was one of my first times, like, nationally televised all three games of the series. And I crapped my pants. Like, I played terribly. I looked like I had never played softball before. Like, even one of my teammates, you know, asked me if I went back and watched the game. And I was like, no, absolutely not. She said, no, please don't do it. Because, like, some of the things that they were saying, like, you would probably not want to play ever again. Like, I did horribly (laughs) and as much as it sucks now i always think back to that moment because i'm like at the that was probably the lowest it got for me playing um collegially like performance wise i failed at every opportunity that i had during the whole series and i hate to laugh like i have to laugh about it now because honestly i'm like it it doesn't get much worse than that Mm -hmm. and i'm and just like knowing that i went and i did completely awful and the next day the sun still rose. Like, it's like, okay, it doesn't, it's not about, you know, not trying to be as worse as your, you know, your worst day, but just thinking about the fact that it was so amplified in that moment. And now I can't even tell you like one significant thing um, that went on during that time. You know, it's just about keeping things in perspective, (laughs) you know, and knowing that regardless of what happens again, I think I, I say this all the time, but just not letting anything that happens define you. Like I'm big on, um, you know, knowing who I am, what I believe in, my morals, my values, and no matter what anybody is screaming at me and the stands, whenever I let a ball roll through my legs, is going to change that. Um, so it literally took me hitting rock bottom 
playing wise, getting embarrassed, embarrassing myself for me to be like, okay, I did the worst that I could possibly do. But still, I know who I am. I know I can play softball well. Um, and it's just about proving it. And and with, again, with softball, this being a sport that predominantly people fail majority of the time, it's like, I don't see how, again, as an athlete, I do. Because, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, you don't want to fail. You don't want to not be great. But it's like the fact that we expect in a sport where, you're supposed to fail. We expect to not fail more than often is crazy. So <laughs> just the like perspective, like, again, I get to come out and do this. This is a privilege. Like this is something that I'm having the opportunity to do. So, um, sorry, I'm rambling, but this, also makes, this is all great. This, <laughs> this made me remember. So my senior year, I went to the world series, my only time ever going there. And again, I played terribly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had already been through the experience of my sophomore year at this point, going to Florida, playing terribly. So I felt like I should have known better. Like, you know, I should have been able to see, Hey, you're spiraling, like, you know, making a bunch of errors, like, but you know, mentally because of that last experience, you know, how to get out of it. But I was so frustrated that even as a senior, I went and I made the game bigger than it was, like the like everything around me, like just made it feel, you know, hyped up to where I couldn't play comfortably. And I was so frustrated. And I was telling my old coach, the one that was at Louisiana Lafayette, how upset I was at the fact that I made it to the World Series and then I played terrible. Mm-hmm. And he was like, honestly, you get to strike out and look crazy in front of the world at the World Series. Like as bad as that sounds, it's something that I still got to do. It was a privilege to even be there. Wow. Like a privilege to be playing on TV. Yes, I looked crazy, but how many people are even having the, you know, getting the exposure, getting to play there. Um, so as much as I wanted to do better, it's still, it's a privilege to be able to fail <laughs> at a high level That's and on a big stage. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> Thank you for being honest and talking through that with us. I think that's important and I think it's real. And I think that's what the athletes like need to recognize that like even when you get to this stage, you've gotten there, but there you still might struggle in some instances. But again, how do I get out of it? And so um, as a part of our like services, we do like a, a disc personality test with each of our athletes. And so what we're trying to do with that is like teach them about the defining who they are, the, their actual behavioral traits, their personality traits, their strengths, their weaknesses, their needs, their motivators, their stressors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel like if we can create that baseline of like those types of things, we can start communicating uh, better in those avenues where we need to learn how to, to use them or, or get around them um, or those moments where we, we, you know, we fail or whatever. Um, along with the mindset piece. So, um, you know, for you, you mentioned a lot that like, you know, it doesn't define you. And um, I can't imagine that like, you always like grew up with that mentality. You might have, which is awesome that your parents are doing some great things, (laughs) right? But what did you do? Or where was that moment where you were like, like, hey, like I'm like my life, DJ Sanders is not uh, defined by being a softball athlete, but like, it's mm-hmm. something that I do, you know? So how did you, how did you come up with that, that thought process? Right. Well, actually it did. My parents did have a lot to do with that. Um, my parents, so they both, uh, ran track in college. So they're both college athletes. Um, but just, they never let me think that, um, sports were my life. Like they never, I was always, you know, involved in church, involved in other things. Um, and I was doing so much. So I don't know. They just didn't let it feel like 
you know, this is all that I am. Like at the end of the day, like I still had other responsibilities, other groups that I was in. Um, so I even, honestly, I even started to question like if I was passionate about softball because I was around my other teammates that made it seem like softball was so important. You know, softball is my life, um, this and that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't feel the same way. Like, do I, like, <laughs> should I still be playing softball? Um, because I'm like, I don't feel as passionate as they do about it. I'm like, I don't know if this is right for me, but I think that was more so just because I, you know, had perspective of <laughs> other things outside of it. I always, um, viewed softball more as an opportunity, as a gateway. Because um, like whenever I was in high school and um, middle school and I started getting interviewed after games and stuff like that from doing well. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You were talking about- Oh, first but like, uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. Talking about um, like not making it my whole world. I think whenever I first started being interviewed, my parents were big on making sure that I gave um, like credit to you know, other people and making it like a team thing. So it wasn't ever like I felt like, you know, I had to be great at it or or anything like that. It was just, they always made me make sure you're still humble. Like, you know, anytime, you know, yes, you're great at softball, but you still have to do this. Yes, softball is great, but, you know, still make sure you're doing your classwork and being on top of other things like that. So no, I wasn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't able to put the word define and like really understand what that was until college. That was also one of the things that um, my head coach talked a lot about is like not letting what goes on define you. So I didn't put like a word like that meaningful to it until then. But I think just growing up and always having uh, my parents that supported me playing sports, but not made me and not made it feel like that was the only thing that, you know, I was here for. Um, so they they definitely had a lot to do with it. But yeah. Shout out to the Sanders family. They got it down. <laughs> they got it going on. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Um, and, and, you know, like usually one of my last questions that I'm just going to throw in right now because I'm talking about parents is, mm-hmm. you know, how do we teach our parents um, to help redefine success outside of like their players' performance. Um, And so, you know, any advice based on like your your childhood growing up with a parent who kind of kept things in perspective for you, Mm -hmm. um, what advice could you give uh, to parents of high school athletes right now trying to chase this dream? Oh man. (laughs) Um, I hate to sound corny and cliche, but I think just like, like letting them realize that it is still a sport. It is a game that we play. Um, And again, this is what actually my parents did tell me this too. You know, I'm in travel ball, 10 and under, you know, upset about not winning a tournament. And this is like, at that time, it was like, this is the only thing that matters in the world. And they're like, it is a sport. It is a game that you play to occupy time. Like, and as bad as it sounds, like that's how, you know, sports were created. People were sitting around doing nothing. Hey, let's go out and play a game. Like it is so minute when it comes to, you know, real things in the world. But I think um, just like, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier about like always viewing softball as kind of like just an opportunity um, to, you know, to learn valuable life lessons. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of the skills, I saw this as one of your questions too, but a lot of the skills that I've learned um, that's going to help me, you know, later on in life have definitely come from competing in softball. So, you know, even it, it, it is a great, huge thing um playing sports you know collegiately but it's really just 
more opportunities that you're getting to learn and grow. Um, so I just think, you know, seeing it as that it's a sport, it's an opportunity for you to come out and learn some life lessons, um, face a little bit of adversity, if that's even what you can call it compared to real adversity that people are facing in life, but face some adversity, fi find ways to overcome it, um, and then use that, you know, as a person throughout the rest of your life. So just, you know, keeping it in perspective. Um, I know it's, especially during the recruiting age, like, you know, this seems like most important thing, but it's a game and you should be able to play it and have fun while you're playing it. You love it. So. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's great. I think that's good advice for parents and it's good advice for the athletes as well. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. And, and since you talked about, you said that was one of my questions, but basically what skills have you taken away from being an athlete? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely leadership and also being vocal mm -hmm. um, about, you know, everything. Um, Believe it or not, my freshman year, I was almost like mute in college. I did not say anything ever. My own teammates, like I, I said something, I like mumbled it under my breath and my teammate was like, oh wait, you're funny? She was like, like, oh, like just now heard me speaking loud enough for her to like hear me once. Like I didn't say anything at all. I was just like, you know, all to myself. Like, I would just like curl up in a ball if I had to public speak. Like I just wasn't that open at all. And I think being on the field, games on the line and you need the outfield to know where we're throwing the ball and you're having to yell <laughs> louder than you know however many fans are in the stand like just being able to to go out and compete and be my most authentic self um definitely you know is something that i wouldn't have learned if i wasn't playing sports um so you know, leadership skills and, you know, first it started out, you know, being loud and yelling, but then it became, you know, a softball gave me more of an opportunity and gave me a bigger platform. Now being able to lead, you know, the girls that I'm coaching now and just like, you know, lead them, you know, to use softball, you know, as a platform and kind of be a role model and good examples for the younger girls that are watching and wanting to play softball too. Absolutely. So, there's a lot, but that was the first one that, because I, again, like even sitting here talking now, like I would have hated this my <laughs> freshman year. Like I would have felt like this is a punishment. So, <laughs> I definitely have come a long way. <laughs> when it comes to and I think that's super valuable because, okay, so on our disc personality test, there are majority of the people in the world who are like what we call the S's who are the ones who are just pretty steady, like they're pretty like, I want to even kill, like just smooth environment where I don't have to worry about conflict. Like our biggest fear is, you know, that everyone is not going to get hurt or everybody's not going to have the opportunity. Like we care enough like about them, but we just want everything. We don't want to like speak out. Like we don't want to be the ones who, who are always like, just the ones who are vocal and being the leaders like out loud, you know, but we kind of want to be the ones, okay, well, we can lead by example. And, you know, I show up and I show up early and I pick up the equipment. So hopefully my teammates like catch on to the fact that like I'm showing up yeah. early and picking up equipment. Right. And that's not always the case, but what I appreciate about it is that like, you were able to start to define um, how you could be a better leader for the sake of like, how is it going to help me accomplish the goal right now? So you said, being, you know, a shortstop and you got to tell the, the outfielders where to get the ball into, that just became like for that moment, that goal is to try to make that happen. So I had to speak out and be vocal mm -hmm. and how it's just a, a helped you grow. So 
I think that's the one of the biggest lessons that I love. And I'm excited that you you said that you mentioned that because a lot of athletes sometimes think they have to come in being this abrupt, loud person. And that's not necessarily the case, but hopefully right. you hold into using this as a platform because, you know, I also say that like being a part of a sport is at some point, uh, there's a purpose for your life. And when you get to have this platform, you know, use it in a way that's going to help benefit other people. So right. awesome. Great stuff. few more questions just because like you're killing it. Um, <laughs> I just like to touch on uh, mentorship a little bit. If, um, mm -hmm. you know, have you, uh, has there been any moments where you felt like mentorship kind of helps you through maybe certain struggles that you face on and off the field? Um, definitely, but also my two biggest mentors was my head coach. Um, so, you know, is it coaching? Is he mentoring me? Whatever. Yeah, um, and yeah. then also my older sister who played softball. She played collegiately, but it wasn't like, you know, she played softball. So she, it wasn't, you know, she's kind of vicariously living through me, but also she's the reason why I started playing to begin with. So I'm like, I'm also vicariously living through you. We're like, <laughs> she's my spirit animal. We get along great, but she's, you know, she is, has been one of the most stable things through my career playing wise. And I think, um, you know, through some of the challenges that I faced, just like talking them out, um, she was the person that, you know, if I felt like I didn't want to keep playing or um, I was struggling with this, she was, you know, she would be the one to remind me that there are so many little girls that are, you know, looking up to you and that need you to continue and being a place where they see you and see you being a representative of somebody that looks like them. Um, so just like times where like, you know, after I would come and play terribly and I'm like, you know, I hate this. There's some little girls that don't even know what's going on in the game of softball. Didn't even know that you did terribly. They just see you out there. Mm -hmm. And that's enough, like, hope. And that's enough to inspire them to continue playing. Um, so definitely her, just, you know, keeping me focused, um, keeping things in perspective is definitely a big thing. And then on the playing side, my coach definitely um, mentored me and helped me build the right mindset, I guess. Because, again, I wasn't strong-minded um like i felt like i was tough like but when it came to overcoming you know mental like stuff you know failing and having to bounce back um he was the one that definitely mentored me in that area and that had a lot to do with <clears throat> the things that he preached and believed in so you know not letting the game define you having a growth mindset um just like these were things that just if you were in the program at all, you learned these things. It wasn't like he, you know, was specifically mentoring me different. This was just stuff that he preached to everybody. Yeah. Um, so just like, you know, being around him and him just, you know, preaching that mindset um, definitely helped me overcome a lot of things mentally when it came to adversity. So. I love it. I love it. And so <clears throat> I just thought about this, so it's kind of off the cuff, but we'll see what we come up with. But um, what would you say uh, if you were building, if you could have the opportunity to build a champion athlete or an elite athlete, um, mm -hmm. what would maybe be four or five things that you believe that athlete needs in order to be built to be successful? Okay. Definitely hard work. And I know that sounds cliche, but again, like, you know, if we're just talking about perfect athlete, talent obviously isn't enough. So that would be my first thing. And like, not just working hard, but like thrives off working hard, like the kind of person that just gets up and like loves to grind. That'd be number one thing. Um, 
Second would definitely be knowing who they are. Mm. So if that's, you know, being confident in yourself, if that's, you know, not letting anything define you, whatever, but just, you know, owning all of who you are, being authentic, you know, anything along that aspect. That's number yeah. two. Did you say a word or can I use phrases? Because that was a lot. Phrases. You can use phrases. <laughs> um, let me think. Again, somebody who um, has a short memory. So mm -hmm. when it comes to errors, mistakes, stuff like that, somebody who, you know, okay, adjust, basically. This happens, learn from that, let's use it, and now I know better. Mm -hmm. um, and then how many is that? That's three. That's three. <laughs> okay. Thank Athleticism, that's got to be one. Because <laughs> we're talking about a good athlete, right? Yeah. I hate to say it, but you can have all these things and not be athletic. It's going to be, you're going to have to work really, really hard. That number one's going to go up to like, you know, a thousand. It could still be done, but definitely athleticism helps. Um, so that, and then just being able to keep things in perspective. So, you know, having sports, you know, but being well-rounded, I think is very important. Um, you know, being able to do a lot of other things, um, all those things. That's awesome. I love it. Um, and so my two more questions, basically, okay. um, if you, if you, um, wanted to help an athlete build better confidence in themselves, um, what do you think, uh, you could give them that can help with that? Hmm. Oh, this is tough. It is or any they, books to read or any um, things they can watch. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out I, there. I really think confidence comes from authenticity and just like knowing who you are. So I feel like the first thing that I would do is figure out, you know, who I am and who I want to be and more so who you want to be, um, especially at a young age. Like, you know, maybe you're not everything that you want to be right now in this moment. But when you think about who you want to be as a person, like what you want to do with your life, your purpose, mm -hmm. I feel like um, understanding that and, and knowing that and setting that as a high priority would be first. Um, because at the end of the day, like, I feel like I'm most confident whenever I'm thinking about what I want to be and, and not letting anybody stop me from getting there. Like, okay, this is the route that you took. You might not have the same skills. You might not have the same opportunities, but at the end of the day, like I know what I want. I know who I want to be and I, I'm not going to let anybody stop me from getting there. So I think knowing that first and then just having the swag to like, okay, I know, I know everything that's set against me, but honestly, there really isn't a single soul that was born that can stop me from, you know, accomplishing whatever I want. And when you think of it like that, like, this is your life. This is what you want. And there's nobody that can stop you from getting it. Then it's kind of hard to not have confidence. You know, it's not saying that everything is going to be easy, but it's like there is nobody standing in the way of you accomplishing what you want. So just remembering that, um, living by that, I think that'll definitely help. <laughs> I agree. <clears throat> I agree. And it's funny like you say this because like literally for me, this is the foundation of my business is like I want them to be the most authentic person they can be, but they have to know who they are first, right? And so we try to mm -hmm. teach them to work through what that looks like, you know, um, from a personality standpoint, but also from like their values and their goals and their, like you said, exactly what you're talking about. So that's awesome. And my last question, because um, I usually ask like, how do people own their, how do you, or 
what's one trait you believe every athlete should have to own their power in the world? But I think you've answered that. <laughs> so I am going to just finish the last question with any advice that you would give yourself, um, your younger self of being an athlete now that you are a coach. So like from a coach's perspective, what advice would you give yourself that as a player? Um, I think giving myself, I'm gonna word it like this because this is what I've heard too that helped me for sure. Is like giving myself permission to be my full self. So not only being authentic, but also like competing that way, um, not having to change for anybody else. Like, you know what you can do. And I feel like you, sh you know, shouldn't let anybody else doing whatever they're doing dictate how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, especially when I was younger, I struggled with that a lot. But I feel like if I had just known, hey, just keep being you, um, you know, you have full permission to be to compete like you to work hard like you, to play like you. Like if I had just heard those words, I feel like I would have been better. Oh, it's okay to be like you, right? Oh my God, hashtag that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was such a great interview. Thanks for your insight, uh, your honesty. I mean, it, it was awesome. So thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>